Thank you for tuning in to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. My name is Katie, sometimes Peter. Yeah. We are also joined with Daniel Evanson. Hello. Peter, sometimes Katie. That's me. Oh, <laughs> you stole my intro. Oh. Um, I'll give it back. <laughs> and, and the lovely, the fair, Rachel, but actually Carter. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I admit, I don't get that joke. Uh, it's a family thing because my middle name, my middle, I hated my middle name growing up, but I love my dad's middle name. So I stole his middle name. Oh, uh, well, that's, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, I have this name now. So it's me. Yes. All right. Do you want us to call you that? I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, what is our theme for this episode? Things that are not. Oh, oh, no, no. I was going to say things that are not novels, but have pictures in them and words. Mm hmm. Oh, so comic books. And graphic or or webtoons or. Webtoons. Oh, man. Webcomics. I did not know webcomics were on the OK list. I didn't either. I just I thought I just assumed it was. You just said it right now. Yes. Sure. Why not? (laughs) I, I dig it. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're a form of media that don't get enough recognition. I don't uh, even know what it is. A webcomic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a wait. comic, but it's on the web, though. Like Penny okay, Arcade or... Sluggy uh, uh, Freelance or... Oh my gosh, you're digging, <laughs> you're digging back there. Is Sluggy Freelance still update? No, I, I'm pretty sure they wrapped up like 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. Is that like balls to that? <laughs> Well, you can go on Webtoons. Uh, Webtoons is a website that is a distributor, I think, of Webtoons, of webcomics, one of them. Something like that. And uh, the ones that I read are like Unordinary, Tower of God, uh, the, Ma- the Mage and the Demon Queen. I think that's the title of it. Um, I forgot the rest of my Webtoons. Uh, but there's also manga you can read. Or graphic novels. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird because like manga is Japanese comics, but then there's also comics from Korea, which are manhwa and uh, a hundred other. There's like hundred other names. Yeah. Yeah. Korean. So manhwa, I I read a few, and it's kind of weird. Because I think I'm reading, I have to physically change by the way I'm reading the direction because they read um, like, Amer- like the Westerners from left to right. Oh. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah, if you hmm. read manga, it's, re- it's usually backwards. Yeah. Usually it's printing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, sometimes they've been like westernized and and reoriented left to right but yeah, yeah it's weird either. yeah sometimes uh like most recently uh i mean this is only gonna make sense to anybody if you actually read manga but uh the author of um i think it's a vampire maiden create she, she was like she's like a really famous manga uh mangaka and uh she just released like a brand new one called uh i don't know why have my phone in front of me oh i do there it is i think it's ghost reaper girl and in her latest one she actually wrote in and there's a note at the beginning that says like the author wished to have this printed in western style which is 
the left to right justification. So I don't, it's, it's, it's like stuff that uh, people are experimenting with now, you know, whereas before it was pretty commonly, if you read any manga and it was printed by people that didn't westernize it too much out of fear of turning off Western audiences, it was usually printed reverse to Western reading. Well, which mostly confused me. Like I, I read enough manga that uh, a lot of times it, I, I didn't get confused in reading manga. I get confused reading anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know how to read the bubbles for a while because it didn't make sense to my stupid brain. And then I looked at a comic that explained how to read the bubbles, and it made sense. Oh, sometimes at the back of a volume, or you know, the front, if you're you know trying to do it westernized. That it it says here, I've got one right here. I'll read it to you. This is the last page in keeping with the original Japanese comic comic format. Oh, God, I can't read. This book reads from right to left. So action, sound effects and weird word word balloons are completely reversed. This preserves the orientation of the original artwork. Plus, it's fun. Check out the diagram <laughs> here to get the hang of things and then turn to the other side of the book to get started. And it's got like a picture of a page and the bubbles are numbered. The panels are numbered. It's super helpful for Rachel's of the world. Yeah. Um, some of the comics that I was read are manga and stuff. I was reading, I wasn't read them, reading them. I was reading them online. So it was confusing to me. Oh yeah. That'll, that's not helpful. Yeah. But I do own some manga. I own uh, the Dead Man Wonderland, Blue Exorcist, and two the first and last volumes of Soul Eater. I think you're missing a few in between those two volumes. Yes, but manga is expensive. <laughs> I actually Sorry, read I all digital at this point. Yeah. Really? So where do you yeah, guys I, go to I, read? <laughs> Um, there's the so recently I subscribed to yeah Viz. Yeah, it's the different publishers. Have, okay. Like e distribution, and then you could be. Uh, and I'm not promoting this, but there's also ways to find them other ways. Oh, you mean to um air quotes legally obtain them? Yeah. Extra legally. Yeah. Um. Uh, but we don't condone that. No pirates here. Unless you listen to our pirates episode. Our... <laughs> um, so what, what should we talk about for our general discussion? Uh, how about everyone lists like one of the first or most impactful comics or manga they've read. Okay. Who wants to go first? Because I am—I have to think. Oh man! So the only the first comics I ever read, as far as I can recall, are the were the really beat up old ones that were in the barber shop where I got my hair cut. Because I—that's adorable. Uh, dad, dad would take me, and he'd get his hair cut, and I would sit there reading a comic. I think one of them was a Ninja Turtles comic, and. Uh, I would read it and then, uh, you know, he would be done with his haircut and then it'd be my turn and I couldn't read anymore. But those comics never changed as far as I recall. Um, <laughs> so you just had one issue 
that you just read over and over? There were three or four, but they weren't um, they weren't in the same, you know, line. They might not have even been the same, you know, uh, company. I don't know. They were just, you know, one was Ninja Turtles. One was probably X-Men. That sort of thing. It was only much later. Let's see. Oh, yeah. In college, um, in the library, if you go deep, you know, if you go a floor or two down um, and then head for one of the side rooms, it was full to the brim with comic books. Uh, the, the rumor went that a, uh, uh, an, an, an alumnus of the school had a, had had a really large comic book collection, uh, but he was, it was still young and was, I don't know, for whatever reason, his parents decided to punish him. And so they gave his entire collection to the school, to the library. Really weird. Yeah, well, I mean, rich people who can donate things like entire comic book rooms to schools do weird things and feel like they have weird levels of authority over their kids. Um, so, uh, so that was that. That's where I first read um, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which I think was one of my like earlier adult reads. So, yeah, that's probably my first real association with the medium. Um, my, my The first ones are kind of comic book adjacent. So I went to Books a Million. And I found this really cool, like, Marvel encyclopedia mm-hmm. of all, like, com- Marvel comic heroes and stuff like that and their stories and stuff. Um, oh, cool. So this is like the first thing that I bought for my with my money, and it was like fifty bucks for this giant encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Do you I, still have it? Yes, I have. I, and my dad also got me the DC one for a present one year. Very cool. So I now I have both, and I use them to argue with my dad about points <laughs> about comic books. <laughs> Truly, the most important thing. Because my dad is very stubborn, and I am also very stubborn, so we will not admit defeat until we be like, "Look at this! Read this!" Mm, Got to fact check each other. Yes, <laughs> we are too stu- we are too similar and very stubborn. And so, did you stick with you know like the conventional Western comics? I mean, obviously, you didn't for ever, but um, like. How long did you stay with those and follow the Marvel or the DC universes before uh, branching out? Um, let's see. Actually, I didn't get into like the Japanese mediums until college. So my friends were like, for, it was like 3 a.m. freshman year. And I was like, let's watch JoJo. So that's how, that's how I got introduced <laughs> to anime. Mm-hmm. And now I, just, I don't like JoJo anymore. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Um, That's why you should like JoJo because of how weird it is. No, <laughs> I don't think I know JoJo. I did. Uh, friends in high school introduced me to uh, what was it? Ghost in the Shell was the one that they showed me. Yeah. So yeah, JoJo, JoJo Bizarre Adventures was my first anime, and then I watched um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which I really, really liked. And then I went on a binge of anime for two years or so. Uh, mainly, mainly because I had a job that required uh, it was a night job sitting at a desk from midnight to 6am oh so, yeah 
I read a lot of books, watched a lot of anime, read a lot of manga. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be, I, I think like that story is almost exactly the same as mine. Like I definitely had a Marvel encyclopedia when I was a kid and <laughs> that I had that way before I read any comics. I think that and like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is probably what got me started reading comics, except I grew up mostly in the 90s with comics and it was a weird time for comics. Yeah, I think we discussed this. It's the time when comics were dying, so they're doing all the weird saying things. Well, all the weird things, I think, are actually what killed comics in the 90s, right? Like people became obsessed with the collector aspect of it. And so they put a lot of stuff in comics that like were trying to make them more collectible, but like you shouldn't make new things to, for the purpose of being collectible because you want a lot of people to buy them. And then if that happens, they immediately become not collectible, right? Because a lot yeah. of people own them. Something's collectible. You want to be like one of the few people to own them. Right. So, so that is that, that's what fed the, uh, the habit of, was it uh, comics having, a new first issue for every superhero every few years. Yeah. 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 And special editions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, I grew up in a, a, comics, a comics culture of like, well, you got to buy, there's four culture, there's four covers. So you got to buy eight copies, which are four of them will be sealed forever and never opened. And then oh, four right. of them are for reading and for, I don't know what, what you were supposed to do with the three other covers, but like it was insane yeah if you if you eat them you can absorb their power plus they were mostly bad uh in the 90s mainstream comics were not good but i mean like that was the one good thing about the collapse of comics at the end of the 90s was that indie comics kind of like came out of it and people were like oh we can actually write good stories and have decent art and people can have shoes and on their feet and stuff yeah oh um (laughs) shoes So the comics of the 90s are dominated by image uh, a lot of times and uh, Rob Liefeld's art. Oh, yeah. Uh, most notably, it was shoe deficient because he couldn't do feet. <laughs> he would often draw characters with their feet out of frame a lot of times, like full. It would be like massive page spreads, but strangely, their feet weren't present. And then when he would put in feet, they looked weird. Oh, my dad has like, the first edition of uh, She-Hulk. Oh. Yeah. The, that, which, uh, the Peter uh, Liefeld creation, yeah. is that right? Uh, I don't know. He just oh. says he, has a, he stopped buying comics when they became a dime. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was well, a I mean, you know, If you're going to price gouge like that, yeah, I would turn away too. And I don't know. He was just like, I'm not buying them. And he didn't. <laughs> so he stopped buying them. Um, but yeah, his he started buying he bought the uh, comics in like the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but, and then in college, I I was introduced to anime, and then I started reading manga. Probably, I think my first manga was, you know, this is somewhat embarrassing to say, but it was probably Yu Gi Oh. So no, no. For anyone, for I'm sure it's not embarrassing to you guys who don't know anything about Yu Gi Oh, but. Oh no no! I I watched an embarrassing amount of the TV show. Oh, yeah. I really like it. it's okay. The, the like, American TV show, so the oh. really anodyne version. It's okay. I like um, Yu-Gi-Oh five Ds. <laughs> oh god, that's too many Ds. There's so yeah. much Yu-Gi-Oh. To it, watch. 
Dan, do you want to hear the second manga I re- read? Sure. Rosario Vampire. Oh, maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Who who that artist now does uh, that- Ghost Reaper Girl? I don't know. I don't know if the, I, I thought the artist, the mangaka for that one was male. Um, I could be wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rosario Vampire is a harem anime. <laughs> it's a harem manga that I was reading because the plot was actually decent. Is it harem or reverse harem? Harem. So the main character is a dude? Yeah. Oh, but it's called Rosario Vampire. I don't know why I thought that was about a lady. Because the the main love interest is a vampire female, a female vampire, and uses a rosary to unlock her powers. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I unlock my powers. Yeah, I don't know. So Katie and Peter, I mean, are you guys, I mean, it feels like Rachel what? and I have a long history of comics and manga reading. Are you guys experienced? I've never read a comic book in my life. How did you pick what to read for this month? Because I've read manga before. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, I've never, you know, growing up, like, you know, the comic book nerdy kids, they were just a TV trope to me and my family. Cause like, mm-hmm. the, we didn't get comics, you know, they're what we didn't have a, a corner store with, you know, mm-hmm. the editions put out weekly or I don't, I don't even know how it works. Yeah. I, I have no idea where I might've purchased comics as a kid. If that had been a possibility. Yeah. No, not a, not a possibility. I feel like it's eighties thing. Kind of 70s, 80s thing that didn't translate well into the later generation, later decades. Well, they're they're still pretty popular, though. Yeah, you mostly find them at bookstores and they're really they're rather expensive because they're bind ups of a few issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, so what I buy now, now that I'm an adult and I, I do buy some graphic novels, I buy trade, you know, collections. Uh, I've never gone in for individual issues i i like having an entire arc in my hands at the same mm-hmm. time and i like the durability of a of a trade um so yeah even digital have, i do that now yeah. it's kind of like manga because manga if you buy I, there's there's a word for the bind ups that's that i cannot pronounce to save my life it's like toba i you know what i'm not gonna try <laughs> I thought you were gonna say omnibus, and I was like, "Dude, that's not a that's not a hard word." No, omnibus. I will say not correct. Yeah, omnibus is not that hard to say. Well, omnibus. Omnibus. Listen, there's a Japanese word for it that I can't remember. Um. For the like that have like three to four chapters in it per per book, and there's like like Dead Man Wonderland has thirteen books. Oh, you mean like the huge volumes that have like different volumes in it? Yeah. Well, no, they're not that huge. They're not that huge. It's a volume. Each volume has a few chapters in it, and each chapter is released at a time. Typically. Oh, so like this. You can't see it. I'm holding it in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly like that, Katie. How did you know? No, like like it's like it's a book. Yeah, it's a book, but it has a few chapters in it and it's serialized. Yeah, okay. Cause that's that's typically how I read them. Yeah, that's what I, I get. Heard. I get the book. Yeah. I've read all the I'm current on all the manga that I own. I just don't all own all the manga currently. I plan to. Someday. When I have bigger bookshelves, because manga takes up a lot of space. Is it is the word you're trying to say Tonkoban? Yes, that. It's, it's Rachel? It's Tonkoban. <laughs> I just didn't have it in front of me, so I didn't think that's I could fair. I couldn't think of the syllables. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, and you're right that it definitely does take up a lot of space because I've got an eleven volume set. And it's like half a shelf. And it's just. Yeah, I went digital a while ago because at the height of my comics collection, I had I I think I was almost at 40 long boxes of comics that I carried around. My collection was like getting pretty close to like 60,000 comics, I think. Holy shit. Yeah. That's why I wanted bad. to make. That's why I wanted to make like a thing where I only buy the con- like manga that I really really like. That's like like with books, I only buy books that are four or three stars for me. Yeah, I went digital and like and actually that's why I subscribed. I ended up subscribing like a couple of weeks ago to Viz because uh, with the Shonen Jump subscription, I can just read whatever I want. And it's like two bucks a month, and I get access to everything, so I can read a bunch of trash if I want or find actual good things, but it's pretty good. I, I think I only am like still subscribed on, through comiXology to like two Western comics. And I think that's only cause like some of my favorite authors were writing them at the time. But even that it, my comic collection, you know, I, I did to myself what they did to that kid. I, I sh- shuffled them all off to the library. So mm-hmm. hopefully somebody's enjoying those comics or the library <laughs> sold them and, you know, paid for toilet paper or whatever they do with (laughs) toilet paper is too dear this year. Um, Yeah. All right. So Dan, what's, what did you bring to tell us about uh, this month? Okay. So I had to like, I'm going to do some, uh, (laughs) I'm going to do some uh, honorable mentions before I do mine. Because I just couldn't decide. Well, I mean, I did eventually decide, but I decided to not decide. So, um, just some stuff that I, I I think people should like check out, and I'm pretty sure nobody picked these. Um, but so the first one is uh, the Promised Never- Neverland, which oh, I won't tell I, anyone about like what it is, but it is a horror comic. But it has such a great first volume. Yeah, I don't like the art of the com of the manga itself. Uh, agreed. The art is, but I mean, like, so the art's weird. There's like some deformed human aspect like the humans have their aspect ratio off a little bit but as the manga goes on like there's some subtle plot reasons for that stuff and the main antagonists are not human and the art for those is like amazing so i love that Mm -hmm. a lot uh um, and then the sorry go ahead rachel i was gonna say also there were some good character caricatures that i didn't really like that much for that one character in the beginning the, the assistant nerd mom. The assistant mom? Yeah. 
Oh, the one that comes in after the breakout? No, I only know the first season. Before, it's uh, it's you have the you have mother and the other person that comes in later before the breakout. So you're talking about the other person, not mother. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like the way she is drawn. Oh, her visual representation. Yes. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. If we, I don't I don't know what venue we could have to talk about bags. It's bad. I don't. I, yeah, I mean, I struggle with that because I, so the character is black, and uh, some Japanese uh, uh, mangaka will often mm-hmm. over overemphasize like the lips is is usually the biggest sin, and uh, yeah, it could sometimes look like offensive representations of black people from American culture, uh, specifically like um, what's the was it Mammy is the kind of derogatory yeah, name so. for that kind of yeah. So Mammy dolls, that kind of thing. I get yeah. what you're saying, Rachel. I agree. I think like and unfortunately, like there are other I mean it's it's strange because like it has a really diverse cast, um, which is also rare for Japanese uh manga somewhat. Um, although it's getting a lot better in recent years. But so there are like several other black characters. But they're all kind of drawn that similar way. So, uh, yeah, it's a good warning to put in. Uh, My other honorable mention is Spy X Family. So this is my like a pretty recent one. I think there's only like three volumes that are out right now. But it's like one of my favorite things to read. Uh, So the story, the premise is there's a a spy who is trying to infiltrate uh, a foreign country. And so he has to create a fake family in order to do that. So he uh, adopts a little girl and and marries uh, a woman uh, with sort of this um, arrangement between the three of them that they're going to help him with his uh, with this sort of idea of a false family. He gives them a fake reason, not the true reason, but they all sort of go along with it. But what he doesn't know is that the woman he marries is an assassin who also is, you know, making use of this false family to continue her assassin work. And the little girl is that he adopts is psychic. And so (laughs) she, she, uh, she knows what both her parents are up to. And so uh, it's mostly follows the little girl as she tries to like corral her, her parents and help them with their two insanely criminal activities while trying to like keep their family preserved because she doesn't want to go back to the orphanage where she had like a really terrible time. So it's a fantastic book. I love it a lot. I I probably should have put that on my list, but I went for the super popular pick and I, uh, for the one I actually am going to talk about at length is my hero academia. So the spy one kind of reminds me of, the replacements a little bit. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I don't know that. What's the replacements? It's a really like weird show that was only on for like two seasons where it ta- uh, the two main characters are two orphan kids who find an ad for a, a um, company that replaces anyone. <laughs> 
So they replaced their non-existent parents with a super spy and a, a daredevil. <laughs> that does sound disturbingly like this. Story. <laughs> and uh, so the, the plot is, is like they replace adults and they're like, oh, this was a, probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's shenanigans. Uh, all right. So so what I did pick was My Hero Academia. And I, I, I'll be honest, like when I read comics, I'm a pretty basic bitch kind of person. I guess like I like action comics. I like, you know, pretty basic action stories. I, um, I'm not looking for a lot of drama. So like when there's a story like My Hero Academia, I'm I get into it because it's hitting those kind of like very simple premise, very simple storyline. But I feel like My Hero Academia kind of like takes that and runs off with it and smashes it into like uh, a bunch of um, kind of Western and Eastern superhero Ooh. tropes along with like some weird body horror stuff and uh, all kinds of just kind of really inventive artwork. And, and, and then on top of that, great characters, deep storylines, and just like really inventive stuff kind of all around. This, this, My Hero Academia is a manga that I would freely encourage anyone to read. Even if you have never read a comic in your life, you will like My Hero Academia. I mean, unless you have some aversion to, I don't know, people drawing in paper, then my friend uh, doesn't otherwise, like I mean, I, my friend, I have a friend that doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people that don't like it are contrarians. <laughs> like it is the most popular manga probably in the world right now. Um, and it does rely like pretty heavily on superhero stuff. So like if you don't like superheroes, I guess, you know, there'd be a reason not to like it. But I mean, like superheroes are not it's not like the Western presentation of superheroes. It's a very much more deeply rooted trope, I guess, than like what I feel like are like the surface level treatment of superheroes in Western comics. Like in Western comics, you read about superheroes and the world sort of like keeps on going normally, right? If you pick up a Marvel comic, the world in that comic is more or less the world that you and or I live in at the moment, right? And that's intentional, right? They want you to feel like you fit into that place. But the world in My Hero Academia is super it's it's not just superheroes in society. It is superhero society like uh, so the premise is that about 85 percent of the world's population, those people have superpowers. So superhero powers are like omnipresent. They are everywhere. You're kind of ostracized if you don't have superpowers. But because when people got superpowers, the world went crazy. Superpowers are now also like extraordinarily regulated. So they're very integrated into society. The police still exist, but like superheroes are also part of the sort of power structure of Japanese society as it exists in the story. And that includes like there's you can go to school for superheroing, which is what the main character does. And the premise is pretty much a, a, like I said, like a basic premise, which is, of course, the main character is a person who doesn't have superpowers and they have uh, they're the, you know, 
the best boy of living in that role, doing the best they can while still wanting to be a hero, but not having the powers to make it possible. And not just because like, (laughs) you know, they don't have power, so they can't be, but like they can't, they can't enter the societal structure that would allow them to be a superhero. I feel like that's where my hero academia kind of like goes from a fine story to like a really good story, which is that it doesn't shy away from exploring how superheroing in society would like affect the like structures, the political structure, the family structure, uh, how people interact with each other, how people think about morality, how the people think about justice. Um, it doesn't shy away from any of that. It just dives headfirst into that stuff. And, uh, I love it. So I don't know. I feel like I gushed about it enough. If you, if you, I, it goes it goes places it's not so i mean like i don't think i actually said what the premise is but basically the the kid who with no superpowers meets the most greatest superhero all might uh and all might has the ability to bequeath his powers to the kid so the kid then suddenly has superpowers which enables him to get into like the most prestigious superhero school and that's like where the majority of the story takes place is this kid who now has the amazing powers of Superman, basically, and he's going through school to learn to be a superhero. And not break all his bones. Which he fails immediately. He breaks so many bones. I mean, that's the other thing is like the story is like pretty violent, actually, because once you create uh, a method for even children to like be healed almost immediately through various uh, ministrations of the school nurse, they the, yeah like the the kids beat the shit out of each other like, <laughs> on a regular basis or fight villains and stuff and they just have you know no no regard for their own personal safety in some some cases so this reminds me of a much lesser known uh western comic called ps 238 mm. um by oh shoot aaron what's his name aaron Williams. Okay. He used to do regular comics for Dragon Magazine. He did like the Nodwick. Uh-huh. He does Nodwick and he did the Floyd comic back in the day. Um, but PS 238 is about um, the, the one public school in America uh, that is hidden beneath a, 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 a normal public school. Um, <laughs> And it's this public school is for superheroes, kids and and other superpowered children. Um, and so you get all kinds of, you know, classic comic, uh, you know, so f- familiar characters that with, you know, slightly different names. Um, you know, there's a, someone who has the power glove instead of the power ring. And there's someone who's the the son of their Superman equivalent, that kind of thing. And, and like what you're describing, um, the main character is an unpowered character who's at this school because his parents are both two of the most powerful superheroes and they insist that he will develop his superpowers. I have a question. You're is- wondering if this is related to Sky High? Yes. <laughs> um, no, but that was my immediate thought when Sky High came out. It was like, hey, who stole Aaron Williams's bit? Um, 
I'm sorry. I was just like, this is like the exact plot of Sky High. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, like, I think someone was, it seems to me like someone was inspired by PS238, but I don't know of any official connection. Uh, uh, PS238 takes is more elementary school mm-hmm. um, than high school, like the movie. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's gone on for years and years. It comes out online, but I have some of the physical, you know, printing collections. Uh, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think, like, the main difference... And this would be that, like, there's no secret. Right, right. No, this is a whole new world where superheroes have have become the social structure. Right. I understand. Right. And it's, you know, like one of the things they can do because of that is they can, uh, you know, examine like, you know, current society stuff and kind of like, hey, what would it be like in this superhero society? So, like, there's a whole story arc where there's a, a YouTube personality who's like a villain. Uh, and, uh, the, I mean, it's one of my favorite bits because he, his sidekick, <laughs> his sidekick mm-hmm. is like a super fan and like her superpower is that like the person that she admires the most, or maybe loves the most be, can become like even more powerful because of her adoration. So like them being a, a weird sort of like superhero influencer, uh, <laughs> so to speak, uh, makes for like a, a really interesting story that I don't think like fits as well into like, um, you know, Western storytelling around superheroes, which tend to be focused on, uh, you know, hidden identities and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of individual work, exceptionalism, very, you know, you're very one in a billion instead of one in five. And extra legal too, right? Like so yeah. much of the uh, Western, Superhero comics is a lot of hand waving around like vigilantism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like it does them a lot of good to remove that as a, as a whole. And, and actually like there's a spinoff series from my hero academia called vigilantes, which yeah, kind of might, might even be just as good. It <laughs> the is, main it one. It's so, because it, um, it, with vigilantes, you don't have the sense of the characters are not in danger because, um, it yeah, is, there's a lot more slice of life activity in that one. I mean, I was talking about like, like the characters. You feel like they could die if something happened. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. yeah, they're not necessarily the primary plot because they are a spinoff. Yeah. And I like that one because the main character in Vigilantes spends most of his superheroing like helping people cross the street or picking up litter. You know, that's yeah, the vigilantes. Really fast. Uh, he actually does. He has no. If he puts three of his four limbs on the ground, he can negate friction. What? So he can like, negate friction. No, I heard you. I just oh. don't. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's fine. Never mind. <laughs> um, he can slide around the place. He he can he can slide really fast. Well, isn't that neat? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like I like my hero academia. It would be a perfect, it would be really good for me, except I hate one character with a burning passion. Mm-hmm. Which one? Mineta. Oh, okay. Yes. Great boy. But he is like there to be hated also. That's the other thing I guess I should mention is that like, it has a great ensemble cast. Like it doesn't spend all of its time. My Hero Academia doesn't spend all of its time with the main character. It, it gets around to this sort of whole classroom of 
superhero kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Mineta exists as the, uh, I guess, required perv in every classroom. So it's not, but, I mean, it's just annoying. Well, I mean, not, I mean, you and I don't require it, but uh, for whatever reason, Japanese. It's a Japanese trope that Japanese I people put that in every manga. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's not it's not a good look. It's not a good look, Japan. <laughs> um, I, I love my favorite. I love my hero Academia. Um, my favorite character is Jiro. Uh, the sound, the sound. Uh, yeah, she has like headphone jack. Is there a superhero name or something like I that? I think earphone jack because of the earphone ears. Jack. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. has like uh guitar yeah. amplifier chords coming out of her earlobes that she can like project sound out of fantastic yeah she has an aux cable for ears yeah <laughs> that's right and if she plugs it she can project her heartbeat um from if she plugs her ears into speakers like the earth. <laughs> yeah she can project her heartbeat and create like mini earthquakes yeah, I feel like I could talk a whole episode length about this and why it's good, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I just encourage you to pick up or you know what? You can watch like my I, my hair academia is the only anime that I actively make my wife watch with me. And she does actually seem to enjoy it. So. It has a dope soundtrack. It does. All right. Um, I choose uh, Rachel to go next. Oh, another manga. Another shonen man- manga. <laughs> um, oh, what did you? But what did you read, uh, Dan? Mm, so I read, uh, yeah, written by uh, Kohei Horikoshi. Yeah. Um, so I read Blue Exorcist uh, by Kazura K- uh, Kato, and it's about. So it's it's a shonen manga, which uh, with the shonen typical shonen tropes of it's very action action oriented and stuff like that. But it's a series that follows the twin sons of Satan, um, that are, and they are training to become exorcists because they were raised by the church. Um, their father was a priest, and they didn't know. Uh, at least the main character Rin didn't realize he was the son of Satan because of the two twins, he is the only one that has visible satanic powers such as blue flame uh demonic ears uh tail and extended um canines and other things he also has hordes of fire which are badass um and it follows him uh rin and his brother yukio and their adventures of going through extra school and um understanding demonic uh demonological uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for? Demonological? No, demonic. No, it's demonological, but without the cull at the end of it. Demonology? Demonology, thank you. Uh, demonology and how to uh, stop demon, demons from escaping Gehenna, which no. is the realm of demons. And it's really interesting to me because it brings in aspects of Christianity, Buddhism, and I think Shintoism in different mm-hmm. aspects. Uh, like, the main character was raised in a Christian, uh, I think it was Catholic uh, church. Well, they use that iconography, were, certainly, yeah. Yeah. And they, some of the demons can be defeated by reciting verses from the Book of John, 
or uh, using different Buddhist uh, sutras. And it's explored later when you go to a Buddhist temple where one of the other characters is from. I don't know what else to say about the, this book other than it's really cool. It has guns that shoot holy water. Isn't the leader of the school Mephisto? Yes, it is. Yes, Like you. Mephistopheles. <laughs> uh, uh, it's kind of a spoiler. Except Sorry. Sorry. His, his name, one of his names is Mephisto. Yeah. A brother I mean, of Satan. One of my think, names right? is Mephisto. What? Never mind. Yeah, you still with an F. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I love the art. I love the art in uh, in Blue Exorcist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed the I showed the group the second cover of Blue Exorcist, and it has a really cute, nice cover of Yukio with this shooting a gun with a, a small smile on his face. Yeah, this this artist like uh, the loves to like make the really small details, which I really like. Um, and like so the pictures can sometimes look very busy, but like still organized and, you know, big, broad vistas are are a good, you know, um, like huge dual page spread sometimes of of huge monsters and stuff. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm current on this one. And like the current storyline is pretty out there too. Like when they finally started exploring people's origins, it's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, I'm still in the time travel section. Or actually, I think we, I just got out of the time travel section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I really like the, like Rin. I love his like art. I love his character design. Uh. It, with his like fire horns and uh, he has a really scruffy tail and it's really nice yeah i'm always fascinated by artists that you know are kind of working in a black and white medium but can still evoke such amazing visual visuals out of it yeah. um yeah this manga is currently ongoing i believe i don't i don't know when we're gonna get to the end i can't guess that <laughs> I feel like it's coming up. There probably is like, like maybe another year worth of comics or something. It feels like they're approaching some sort of conclusion. Yeah, I don't know. Um, by the way, don't watch. You can watch the anime, but the anime gets weird after like 12 episodes. <laughs> because they. Well, uh, yeah, they beat the. Uh, they beat the manga. Yeah, and they're just like, what plot? We're going to take it in this direction. It's like. Well, As Game, Game of Thrones disease. <laughs> yeah. Or Full Metal Alchemist did that beforehand. The first Full Metal, full metal Alchemist. Yeah, I think they did release. I think there is actually an ongoing Blue Exorcist that kind of tries to go back and do. We don't know if it's ongoing. They just released a new season. Yeah. So it's like you have the but first. It basically, is like, hey, forget season two. Now this is happening. Well, it's also half of season one because they get to they're like halfway through season one that you're like, whoops, we ran out of uh, source material. <laughs> it's uh, going in this direction now. Yeah. Anyone else have questions? Nope. No. So what was that book again? 
It was Blue Exorcist by Kazuru Kato. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> Who do you want to go next? Uh, Peter. Sup? What? What's going on? I'm here. Talk about the comic book. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there was a book once, and it was this big and about stuff. Uh, terrible. It was pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about a good one. Okay. So the uh, the most engaging and interesting uh, uh, graphic novel that I've been reading lately has been Saga. Uh, Like Dan, I'm I'm not. Uh, going for something terribly obscure. This is a low-hanging fruit. Um, Mine was also kind of famous, so... Sure. Well, in other words, uh, we're bad at this. Um, sorry, so this is it's by uh, written by Brian Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples, which is just an awesome name. And uh, it takes place in this expansive magic sciencey universe um where two two people evolve orbiting that planet and one of them like developed technology and one of them developed you know has magic uh and they hate each other to bits boy do they just hate each other and so they uh they have been at war for i don't even know how long i can only presume it seems like generations um and what at first is you know a planetary system at war like expands there these are powerful wealthy influential civilizations and so they basically they they expand into proxy wars across the galaxy, um, bringing in other civilizations and peoples and things. And this saga, the story, um, follows a character from each side of the war who have fallen in love and had a kid, um, which is consistently portrayed as like, wait, these two different peoples are biologically compatible. This is, this is like a kind of discovery that if it were public knowledge would like, like undermine the entire war, it would undermine the political, uh, the governments of each of the, each side and, and, uh, throw everything into chaos. And so pretty much everybody's gunning for these, these two parents who just want to be in love and, and for their daughter. Um, it is tremendously well-written. Um, the art is beautiful. Um, it's kind of endlessly imaginative in terms of the new characters, uh, and, and creature types that, int- that it introduces. Um, it's, What's what else? Um, it's also graphic, both uh, violently and sexually. Um, it's not, you know, I wouldn't call it erotic fiction or erotic drawing, but it's more like, well, these characters are going to bone now. We're going to, we're going to, we're not going to focus on, on it, but we're also not going to shy away from it. Okay. Like I respect that. Um, 
and it is not afraid to kill important characters uh it will it will surprise you multiple times um let's see it's also like one of the things that they say early on that inspired them to these two people to like decide that they could actually be in love and go off and be together um was a romance novel written by some in-world character um whom they get to meet a little bit later and i just find that really charming that they were that they were inspired that their love was inspired and their their mission was inspired by by a you know, novel it's just it's the the power of the humble novel um so it's really good and super good <laughs> and also quite good any questions it's won a bunch of awards i've read it front to back it's great yeah i don't know yeah i've heard about it a lot i just haven't been interested <laughs> it's got that well, great you, mix of sci-fi and fantasy that i love to death yeah it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty tasty and like the two sides of the war i think are divided like one side is like a fantasy army where they do right. magic. Yeah, one side's the magic side and one side's the science side, kind like of. Like, literally, the science side are, like, beings with big television monitors for heads. It's, yeah. It's Some great. of them are. Line right? Cat. The, the very concept of Lion Cat makes yes. me... Yes, there's a character named Lion Cat, uh, which is part of a species that just says lying if they hear a lie. Um, you know, yeah. it's like a, you know, a creature. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, it's very yeah. famous around the book too that I've seen. I just, yeah, never been inspired to pick it up. Well, you're wrong. Stop never. it. It's okay. I really don't care though. <laughs> That's fine. Um, my, my honorable mention, if we wanted that, was uh, Blade of the Immortal, Ooh. um, by Hiroaki Samura, cool. uh, which is. Just a long-running uh, manga by I, what my understanding is that he's kind of like an auteur about it. Like he just like runs every aspect of of the the mangas, doing whatever he wants. Um, about an an unkillable samurai who was cursed to live forever, uh, and and has finally decided to to turn around. And try to become a good person, and to 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 repent by uh, or atone by killing a thousand evil men, and that there are these weird like worms inside him that repair his body and keep him alive. Um, and at some point, like people start investigating why and how he's immortal, and that causes a lot of problems for him. <laughs> um, Anyway, so that was also that was also a lot of fun, but it's also I, I did find it kind of hard to interpret the action sometimes. Um, a lot of like sometimes the art would go into these sort of like it's clearly an action shot, but I don't know what that action is. Um, anyway, so but it's fun. Blade of the Immortal by Hiro Akisamura and my my real big like go read this is Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Oh, I should do an honorable mention. You don't have to. 
I'm tired. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my honorable mention is your name or uh, Kimi Nina Wa. Well, I think that's correct. Uh, which first was a movie, and I believe it's been adapted to a manga. So I'm counting it because it's great. <laughs> um, it's a story of two teenagers. One, uh, it's about a girl who lives in rural Japan and is a shrine maiden, I believe, or is uh, like a ceremonial shrine maiden. And uh, she swaps bodies with a boy in Tokyo who lives in the main uh, in Tokyo, and um, and this their story of figuring stuff uh, stuff out. The entire second half of the movie is basically you can take it and take a picture, like stop it and take a like print screen of it. And it's basically wallpaper. And I hear typing. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Hi. All right, Katie. <laughs> Wrap us um, up. That's you've me. avoided your responsibility for long enough. The I time sure is have. Now. I thought I was doing pretty well not talking. Um. <laughs> we, we, we all, in fact, we can just forget you're here. Yeah. Oh. Who is that? Where's Katie? I don't know. I mean, Katie can become Nick because Nick's also not here. Yes. I am magical. Um, Too many Nicks. <laughs> all right. So, um, unlike everybody else, I didn't read you know, something that's super mainstream. At least I don't think it's mainstream. Yeah. Flip down your sunglasses. You liked it before. <laughs> it was cool. Now what is it? Um, so I also didn't do a shonen jump like everybody else. I went with a shoujo beat. <laughs> so it's it's pretty girly. I don't know what fine. that means. What does uh, that mean? Shoujo is typically like romance, slice of life type of thing. And, what, and, and in contrast with... Shonen is more action. Shoujo is demographic is younger girls. Shonen is younger guys. That's the oh. demographics. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. And Seiden is the older. Uh, it's demographically for older guys. Huh. And Bishoujo is for older women. Yeah. Ooh la la. Yes. Um, so I read Kamisama Kiss. Because I had it. That's uh, a good reason. I was going to do Death Note, but then I was like, nah, man, everybody knows what Death Note is. Yeah. I, I've never watched Death Note. I've, I'm aware of it, even though I've never indulged. Yeah. Okay, correction. I watched 20 minutes of the horrible live action Americanized movie. Oh, no, yeah, that was no, that seems like a poor choice. Uh, I, the reason I stopped is because I got kicked off the couch because I went get got OK, I didn't get kicked off the couch. I went to go to the bathroom and suddenly stole my position on the couch. <laughs> huh. It was awful. The Japanese live action movie is way better. It had uh, the American one had uh, William Dafoe in it. Yeah. That, so what? <laughs> That's the only thing I remember. I do like Dafoe. Uh, continue about. All right. So, gotta move my popcorn bag here. You gotta get into gamer stance. Yep. Here we go, guys. Yeah. Okay. So, Kamisama Kiss, it follows Nanami Momozono, 
and her dad's a bum and he lost their house and he just like skips town. So then after after that happens, she's like homeless. Nanami's homeless. And then she like helps this man. She chases a dog away from a guy because he's like terrified of it. And then he's like, oh, you're homeless. Oh, well, let's sit and chat. So they they talk and then he's like, oh, here, go to this place. And it turns out that uh, he was a shrine's god and that he then transferred it to her. And so she becomes, you know, the shrine's god and she has to deal with, you know, the the temple goers, the. um, Her not Koma Ino because he's not a dog. But her Shinshi, her guardian spirit thing, it's a fox demon who does not like her at all. (laughs) He's just like, oh, you wimpy, weakly human girl. Just get out of here. So he bolts and then she like follows him to the demon world. And because she has God powers, she's extra delicious. (laughs) Yeah, so she is like being tracked by some demons and then she's like you know about to be eaten by somebody as and you, then what as you do as you when you go into a demon world you get eaten by various demons yeah i mean it gets kind of part of the territory so she goes down there and and then she like calls out for him because you know she's got the god powers he can hear her and then he shows up and he's all like hey all you have to do is beg for my forgiveness and maybe I'll help you. But then instead she like uses her God powers and she kisses him because that apparently that, you know, that's how you bind a demon. You got to kiss him. And yeah. then he like is forced to do her bidding and it's so sunder and mm. it's just mm, <coughs> feelings get caught. So it's like Inuyasha, but with an asshole for a demon. So like I mean, so like Inuyasha, <laughs> yeah. Inuyasha. I, I I thought he was a cat demon for the longest time. So oh, I know, I I did too, but it was really confusing because his name is like you know dog. I also thought Inuyasha was a girl for the longest time. Really? Yes. Oh my That's goodness! Fair. I watched the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah um it's just because his clothes are so poofy is that why yeah i don't know Listen, a very I, slim face and long hair and very I, you know androgynous manga yeah. style yeah that's fair i don't know i was in elementary school oh that'll do it too <laughs> i was trying to find a picture of it when you guys heard me typing but uh, because of Inuyasha, for Halloween one year, I made a shrine maiden costume. Oh, <laughs> that's I awesome. I couldn't find it, the picture. I did it by hand, too. Go me. If you do find it, it will quickly become the thumbnail for this episode. So. Oh, no. I better not find it. <laughs> I think I had blue hair at that time, too. No, instead, you can use pictures of my new kittens. Yes, oh, Peter got new kitties. Oh, I... Uh, what did you read, Katie? Kami-sama Kiss. Oh yeah, by Julietta Suzuki. That's a 
That's a pretty name. It is a very pretty name. And the cover is super pretty, too, just so you guys know. Yeah. It's Nanami and Tomoe. That's that's her demon guardian thing. He's a fox in so many ways. (laughs) Foxy. (laughs) Not so popular one that I kind of want to share because it's um, has good lesbian and ace representation in manga, which you really don't see. A lot of it's fetishized. Sure is. Autumn is fetishized. I can't say that word. What? What? Try again. Autumn is fetishized. 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 There you go. That's what you want. Um, ace, ace, and um, lesbian relationships. <laughs> anyway, so what did you want to share? Yeah, let's hear it. Lumen to you. It's about uh, a girl realizing that she's into another girl, <laughs> and um, in high school. That's basically it. It's a slice of life type thing. What was the name again? Lumen to you, or Yage. Uh, so I, I can't remember the Romanji version. Got it. Um, That's cool. And you really, liked it. Yeah, it's really cute. It's like, uh, I liked it. It's not like it's super weird. And they have like older lesbians as well in the cast. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because um, the, fir- the first part is the, the main character realizing like she doesn't love people. Like people give her love notes, so she's like, I, I don't feel anything in return. Mm. Like all the other sho- shojo manga that she reads, and then she, um, and it's her working out her feelings for somebody else, and they're both working out how to feel again and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really it's not fantasy, so it doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> now you're banished. Banished <laughs> to oh. Gehenna. Oh no. <laughs> Why are you demons are really popular today? Oh no, I think we've Kids today and their demons. <laughs> Kids today and their demons summoning. Ah. I mean, I my favorite book when I was a kid was his uh, was The Golden Compass. I was like, I wanted my own demon. I actually bought that today. Yes, you had the second book for a while. Did I really? What's the second book? The Subtle Knife. Yeah. I really have that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) How do I know this thing? I don't know. I'm just going to trust that you know my bookshelf. I'm I'm guessing that Rachel is like sneaking into Katie's bookshelf room at night. I drive 10,000 miles? (laughs) It's not 10,000 miles. It's across the country. I know. Well, like halfway. Call it like 2,000 miles. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, that's what you do. Uh, no, I don't. But I, <laughs> yeah, just, no, yeah. I don't. You would say that, wouldn't you? I remember it because when she bought the 50 bazillion books from Oh, that's book. right. That was lovely. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, unless you got rid of it, but I was like, yeah, that's the second book of the series. Nope. I, de- I never get rid of books. Katie, do you want me to make you a book inventory? Um, I'll work on it eventually. I just have an Excel spreadsheet that's my inventory of books that I have and have not read that I own in what format they're in. That's amazing. I can send you a link, Katie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways. Should we All wrap? right. Yes. 
Get me out of here. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, it's now February of 2021. I don't know, Rachel, do we want to talk about uh, letting people participate in our our genres for each month? Yeah, um, so I found this really cool thing on a different book databasing app called The Storygraph, where you can do reading challenges, um, where you can participate in our monthly themes, like, uh, you can, it should be up already, and it will probably, I will probably bug Katie or, and or Nick into putting it on the website somewhere, and it will probably be pinned to the Discord, where you can go into the different reading challenges and uh, participate by adding your books. We'd love to see it. Yep. So uh, check it out. Uh, you can look for those links on too many thoughts, media.com or as uh, Rachel just said, join our discord. Yeah. Um, the link for which you can also find at too many thoughts, media.com. Yeah. It's all our themes for all the year for uh, till December because we're plan We, we plan for the future. Maybe. I mean, I don't. I let other people do that, and then I <laughs> acknowledge it. That's not till like October, Peter. What's well, not? The 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 don't have the plan. Though it's the give, uh, give, We have to pick each other's book month. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> I can I can put off planning until then. Yeah. All right. So All right. Uh, yeah, uh, you can. Hi, I'm Rachel. You can find me at at, uh, at Rave on Twitter and Instagram. And sometimes I do uh, Twitch. Not recently, but sometimes. Uh, I'm Dan Evanson. You can find my stuff at uh, DanielEvanson.com. I'm also at SinisterInfant on Twitter. Hi, I'm Peter Schaefer. You may remember me from such shows as... No, no, that's not a thing. Uh, you can uh, find me at pashafer.com or shoelesspetegames.com or at shoelesspete on Twitter. Or in the in space. In space or right behind you. <laughs> that's me. I'm Katie. You can find me on Twitter at shimmybook. And... Yeah, let's let's get this thing rolling with the themes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, uh, I believe you need an account for the story graph to use the uh, different reading things, but it's pretty easy to make, and you can import your Goodreads if you so choose to. Super See you cool, there. Peter. Peter, do the thing. What thing? The catchphrase. Oh, okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening. And until the next time, keep reading.